This week on Inside Motorsport, we take a look at the Dakar and racing in North America. I hope you'll stay with us. Australian motorsport and motoring journalist, now based in Canada, Jacob Black, joins us on the show. And Jacob, great to have you back here on Inside Motorsport. Okay, good to be back. A long-time fan of the Dakar Rally. You've been down there yourself um, and enjoyed everything about that uh, amazing race and this year to have an Australian finally take out a class win has has been a pretty big uh, well has been a pretty big news here in Australia and I gather it's gone worldwide with the, you guys up in Canada are also uh, celebrating that victory. I think yeah everyone in, around the world is, is really taking to Toby Price and his performance. Um, I know that uh, there are, are forums and there are fans all over the world that, that follow the Dakar sort of like a religion year in, year out, and he was very much a fan favourite uh, as, as this year's race developed, and even as last year's race developed. I mean, last year was his first hit out at the race. He finished third on debut, and I think that won a, a lot of people's hearts. And then this year with Mark Comer and Cyril Dupre, you know, moving on to, to other things, it really opened the door, and, and just he just dominated the Dakar this year, Toby Price. Mm, it is amazing the range of cars, let alone the conditions they have to, or cars and bikes, and let alone the conditions they have to withstand. And you've been there firsthand. You you know how treacherous those conditions are. Well, that's right. I mean, it's it's not only the the soft sand and the fresh fish that can that can trap you out, and the rocks and the altitude. There's also just the sheer doggedness of of the event. I mean, it's. For the guys up the front, it's not it's not maybe as hard for some of the privateers that, that don't have the skills and are toughing it out for 12 hours a day, but you're still talking about somewhere between six and 600K and 1,000K a day of, of riding or driving, um, you know, for 14 days straight with one rest break in between. And it, the, the sleep is non-existent. You sleep in tents in a, in a campsite in the middle of the desert and... It's, it's really, really difficult. It's, it's taxing on your body, it's taxing on your mind, it's taxing on the machines and the margin for error, and especially these days with competition being so tight, is so very, very narrow. And it's, it's a miracle that someone like Toby, who's, who's really only been there twice, I mean, he's got great credentials in Australia, won the Finky Desert Race a few times, has been to Baja, but for him to actually be able to, to just dominate the Dakar Rally the way he did this year was was really pretty spectacular and something that I think all Australians can be proud of and proud to support. Mm. Now, as I mentioned at the top, you are from Western Australia. You're now living in Toronto in Canada and working for autos.ca and autotrader.ca. How has that uh, life been uh, for you with, you know, quite a huge cultural shift, as it were? It's very much a cultural shift. There's, there's a lot of differences between uh, Canadians in particular and Australians. I think uh, it's probably a surprise to me to realise that Australians have a lot more in common with, with Americans really in terms of our culture than we do with Canadians. Canadians are very reserved and very polite and very very friendly and Australians have that friendliness and everything else as well but we can be we can be a little bit brash and we can be a little bit excitable and we can definitely be uh, very no-nonsense and that can lead to lead us to not shy away from confrontations in a way that I don't think Canadians have. I think Canadians are much more polite. It's a, it's a, 
very similar world, but a very, very different world up here, and it can catch you out sometimes. Mm. One thing that you have to deal with, of course, is uh, snow and ice, and uh, one of the recent things you were um, doing was the, the Red Bull Frozen Rush. Yeah, that was a, that was a spectacular thing where they, they take stadium trucks, off-road racing trucks that you might see. So think the guys that came down for the Clipsville 500 with Robbie Gordon and think about uh, those that style of truck. And then they pointed up a ski slope and, and run it up and down the ski slope a few times throughout the day. And they've got special tyres for it. They've got these BF Goodridge tyres with 700 studs in the tyre that that spike into the ice and snow and 900 horsepower engines in those Pro 4 trucks, the same that you'd see on the Torque off-road series and the Lucas Oil off-road series here in North America. And it's, it's spectacular stuff, airborne, through snow drifts and upside down at different times and wheel to wheel. It's really exciting stuff to see. And there's a lot of sort of weird, quirky racing that goes on up in this part of the world. Uh, of course, uh snowmobile racing is also quite popular as well. That's right, yeah. So there's there's a lot of snow snow cross, I think they call it, and snowmobile racing, I guess. One when a log lot of the year it's the motocross tracks are all all whited out and you can't actually you can't run a, a motorbike across them, I guess there's not much else to do and it's it's wild stuff to look at because they're they're unwieldy things, snowmobiles. They're not they're not as agile as a, as a dirt bike or a supercross bike, that's for sure. Mm. Now, of course, the motoring industry in Australia is winding up. Canada had a strong manufacturing arm. In fact, a, a lot of vehicles were being made in Canada and then exported to the US. Is that still the case? It is still the case, yeah. And um, certainly we've, we've got some trade agreements and, and things throughout North America to have to thank for Canada still going. I think there's a there's a very real fear here that Canada could be the next Australia. I think when Holden and Ford both announced that those plants are shutting down, I think that that really sent a, a shockwave to a lot of people that are employed in those industries and in those factories here in Canada. There's been some shutdowns at the GM plants and, and some moves. There's a lot of production moving down to, to Mexico from all parts of the world, and Canada is not immune to that. There's... There's some strong facilities here. So Fiat Chrysler Group um, build the Chrysler 300C and the Dodge Charger and the Dodge Challenger uh, here, not far from from where I live here in, in Toronto. So, and that'll probably continue for some re- some years. But they're feeling the pressure as much as anyone with globalisation and and wage pressure and uh, the ability to, to actually ship things. Uh, around the world. I think everybody's feeling that pinch and Canada's in a very similar spot now than I think Australia was maybe in the late 2000s, early 2010. Now, of course, motor racing over in the United States, it's very very much focused towards two series, the IndyCar series and the NASCAR series. But this weekend is one of those rare times where those two series aren't the headlines, but it is at the Daytona international motor raceway and of course it's for the rolex 24-hour race which uses the uh, road racing course which is part of the big oval that's right yeah so the 24-hour of daytona the rolex 24 is on this weekend and that'll be a lot of the the guys from from indycar in particular and a few nascar guys as well will will be suiting up and driving uh what's it combination series now of a thing called daytona prototypes and 
GT uh, and Le Mans cars, but they don't use the the full out P1 Le Mans cars here in North America anymore. They they have the P2 cars, which are more equivalent performance-wise with the Daytona cars, and then there's two GT categories for sort of regular cars on steroids, basically. So the GT Le Mans series, uh, which is very similar to the rule package that you see at Le Mans, and then uh, GT Daytona, which now run a GT3 spec. GT3 spec is pretty familiar, uh, pretty similar right around the world now. So it's exciting racing, and I think one of the the cool things that's happened this year is the GT program uh, from Ford. We sort of livened up the the GT LMS category in the IMSA series. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. And, of course, Shane Van Gisbergen heading back over for the Rolex 24. He was he was really looking forward to it when I spoke to him late last year. I can imagine. He's in a really good car as well. To be running in the in a WeatherTech Porsche for Alex Job Racing, that, that's an entrance that's got a really good entrant that's got a really good uh, pedigree in the race. And I think that, you know, they're, they're very much on for a, for a, cat, for a class win. There's, a real opportunity there for Shane Van Gisbergen to get it to get on the podium there, and the 991 GT3R that he's racing there, he's got uh, some some good talent with him. Cooper McNeil and Lee Kane are, are both pretty good, so it'll be interesting to see how Shane Van Gisbergen can go. Jacob Black joining us on Inside Motorsport. Until the next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.